0: They will click on a link in the show notes if you direct them to that. So, what I always say is, you want to make it as easy as you possibly can for the listener to take the next step in your process to do the thing that you're asking them to do.
1: This is digital marketing. everyone. This is Mark DeGrasse, the president of Digital Marketer. And this is the podcast that keeps you up to date on everything you need to know when it comes to digital marketing, from the platforms you've focused on to the kind of tactics and tools that are working today. Today, our guest is Kevin Schmidlin, who has worked with over 400 clients to 4 to 10x their audience in six months. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about how to convert your podcast listeners into buyers and also how to proactively grow your show, which, as a podcast producer uh, personally myself, I don't do a great job at I just come out with episodes. So, welcome Kevin, glad to have you here.
0: Yeah, good to be here, Mark. Pump <laughs> to dive in.
1: <laughs> all right. So, let's just start with uh kind of converting those listeners into buyers cuz I think for actually most content methods in general, it's the last thing that people think about. They think, "Okay, I got to come out with good content, got to make it entertaining, got to do all these get professional mic setups and all these things." And the last thing they think about is how is this actually going to make me money? So, how do you kind of start that conversation with your clients? Yeah,
0: right? It's it's funny because a lot of people do get to that point, they get to the one yard line and they don't get that last yard of actually getting revenue from their show. So, where the first thing that we start with is a podcaster's premise, is it really really clear who their show is serving and is it at least similar to their back-end business, assuming that the podcaster we're talking to has a product or service to sell. So we start there and say, okay, what, what is it that you're looking to drive customers to? What do you want your listeners to become buyers of? Is there congruence between that and your podcast? And if so, then oftentimes we jump to the end, which is, okay, how are you talking about your products and services on your podcast? And are you doing it in a way that makes the listener actually want to learn more about it the biggest thing that i see people miss is that podcasters don't mention their products or services on their podcast so I'll, I'll be talking to a podcaster and they'll be like ah oh, none of my listeners have become customers and i'm like okay great well how are you ctaing your business and they're like yeah i'm really not doing too much of that and i'm like well i've got great <laughs> news i know exactly what your problem is so honestly like, that's the first step actually talking about your business and your products and services on the show.
1: Well, I love how you start with like, okay, let's see your podcast and see if it's even related to what you sell or do, because a lot of times it isn't. And people think that, I think they try to go more of the awareness slash entertainment route. Like, okay, I'm going to make people know, like, and trust me. And then they'll magically hire me for the thing. (laughs) So
0: yeah, uh, the other Okay. I was going to say the other thing that I see is that generally, you know, as an entrepreneur when they start a podcast, you know, they want to talk about whatever they want. Like they want to talk about a wide variety of topics. They want to interview people from all walks of life. And so they try to make their show all encompassing so that they have freedom to talk about whatever they want. But what I try to help them to understand is that it's actually easier to talk about whatever you want when you have a specific premise behind your show. When you say like, you know, this show is specifically to help these people achieve this thing within that lens, you can talk about finance and entrepreneurship and personal development, all that stuff. And and so you still get to talk about all those things, but then also it's just way more clear what your listener is going to get out of it and way more clear how that your podcast is the first step to them eventually, you know, becoming a happy customer of
1: your products. Mm Oh, I love that. Well, now, if you do have that situation where, say, somebody has a podcast that's really unrelated to what they actually do, is it possible to save that podcast? Or at that point, do you just say, like, hey, we should really start from scratch and kind of refocus your efforts versus uh, kind of adapting what they're currently doing to what they're selling?
0: Yeah. I mean, well, first I was like basically point out what we just said and say, okay, given this information, if you want, if you really want this thing to drive business to your show, or sorry, if you really want this thing to drive customers to your business, you're probably going to have to change the focus and the premise a little bit. Are you cool with that? And I kind of gauge that some people are like, oh, totally. Like, yeah, that makes a ton, tons of sense. And they rebrand. Others are like, you know, I kind of want to keep this thing a little bit separate. And then it's like, okay, well then then we should probably launch a, if you really like, if the goal here is to get customers, then we should probably launch a new show that Mm. actually is about whatever it is that you do. That is actually, that scenario is extremely rare. Nine times out of 10 I'm talking with an entrepreneur and their show is about success or, you know, stories. And I'm like, Hey, you, you know, you're, let's say you're a web design entrepreneur you know that if you, a lot of times they're already talking about that on their show anyway, like their show kind of is a web design show, even though it's branded as success and whatever. So I'm like, Hey, let's just like peel away the vagueness of your premise right now and just get to the core of what you're already doing. And that's most cases where the entrepreneur doesn't actually have to change too much about their show and they do the rebrand and their audience is actually thrilled because they're like yes that's what i'm here for like that's this is what we want and then they become customers <laughs> so it's it's actually a lot easier to to readjust than it seems
1: yeah well and i think with both podcasting and like some other you know forms of content you're making so much of it that you can pivot at some point and you'll take along most of your audience on the new journey where you you know make it worthwhile Now, in that regards, uh, have you found that a specific call to action seems to work better? Like, uh, you know, is is it a swipe file or, you know, a PDF download, or is it more of a uh, introduction to a service or what kind of, uh, you know, success rates do you have with different types of calls to action?
0: Yeah. So what I recommend is having what I call rotational CTAs, which basically means that you've got four to six calls to action that you just rotate out every single episode. And so one of them might be a lead magnet, like a PDF, or, you know, maybe like a a video sales letter, masterclass type of thing, where it's this, you know, discrete piece of value. And the listener gives you their email in exchange to get this piece of value. The other, another type of CTA you can do is to just basically CTA, whatever the first step in your sales process is. So like for my accelerator program, uh, for those who want to learn more about Working with me in my program, you fill out an application. So, you know, one week I might CTA on my own podcast, Grow the Show, about my hour long masterclass, which, you know, you must opt in to receive the value. And then the next week I'll say, hey, you know, we're taking on entrepreneurs. We've got 10 spots this month for entrepreneurs to join the Grow the Show Accelerator. Uh, you know, if you're interested in learning more, fill out an application. You know, the link is in the show notes, blah, blah, blah. And the key when you do a rotational CTA is that you don't See what I see a lot of entrepreneurs do is they call to action their product or their service. Like they just kind of go for the jugular on the podcast, and they're like, "Here's what you should, you know, hire me as a coach." Where that's kind of skipping too many steps, right? It's like gonna, it's you got to go a really long way to take a casual podcast listener and right there in sixty seconds pitch them, right? And you, they're not even there with you. So what I recommend is have one of your rotational CTAs to sell the next step. Or the first step in your sales process. So, when you hear me talk about applying to my accelerator program on my podcast, you're not going to, you won't hear me say, like, here's why you should join and here's what you're going to get and here are the features. I'm just like, you know, I might say a little bit about what the program is, but I'll say, like, applying to the program is the best next step because that's going to help us to understand where you are and we can make a recommendation based on where you're at as to what you can do next. Right. So, I sold applying to the program. I didn't sell to the listener to actually join the program right there. So, those two things combine is number 1 sell the next step in the process rather than the thing itself and number 2 have rotating CTAs because some of your listeners are going to need to consume a lead magnet in order b- before they like consider taking the next step others they're ready to go they're just they just want they're just ready for you to ask them to book a discovery call or whatever it is so that's kind of the approach that we take
1: Oh, that's, that's huge. I I love the, the rotating CTAs because a lot of times it does get annoying if you're like, oh, he's pitching the whatever again, versus, uh, you know, if you do have five or six, then you could probably categorize them and make sure that, you know, whatever podcast, so a digital market, we might have like a content podcaster. Okay. Let's talk about our content certification, which you'll probably hear an ad for the content cert from this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just automatically right uh, which right. is huge so so you keep it interesting and don't make it so you know hammering uh one point so much and then i also love how you did applying for the step versus buy or join or anything that's more uh more of a direct uh call to action this is no no apply see if it even makes sense for you much softer easier to say and uh less intimidating for the listener who might be like oh well i'm not I'm not buying anything. I'm just applying to find out more. And there you go. Yeah. I hate to interrupt our podcast, but I have an announcement about digital marketers content certification. Content without a content marketing strategy is an expensive mistake, but it's one that most businesses are making. When it comes to content marketing, all content should be created with a clear purpose to move a customer or a potential customer along the customer value journey. That's why you need Digital Marketer's Content Mastery Certification. You'll learn how to leverage a complete content system to strategize, create, and distribute content that just plain works. When you become a certified content marketing strategist, you'll master the craft of systematically creating and promoting content that drives noticeable revenue for any business, and you'll get a badge to prove it. Learn more right now at digitalmarketer.com slash content cert.
0: I've so, had several clients who, who come to me and their funnel is a discovery call funnel. So they don't have an application, but it's a discovery call to take the next step. And a lot, and we, we've had several occasions where all we needed to change with the way that they're seating their business is instead of them selling the coaching program and then saying, the next step is to book a call to just selling the call and saying, hey, book a discovery call and here's what we're gonna be able to do together. And if it makes sense for, for us to work together, I'll tell you what that looks like, but if it doesn't, I'm still gonna make sure you leave that call with some takeaways. Just that little adjustment of language. Uh, we had one client, Barton, who got, he was getting crickets. Like he, every single week was talking about book a discovery call, book a discovery call. Uh, and he was selling his coaching in the CTA. We, he came in, we adjusted it, just sell the call. And within one week, he had six discovery calls booked. So wow. it." really really goes a way it's it's subtle but it goes a long way
1: oh no that's that's huge and that's uh that's a great tip just by itself Where <laughs> it's like oh yeah just mention you know cut down the steps stop making people leap over a you know ravine and instead like no it's just a crack in the sidewalk jump here yeah my, and then we'll get to the other point
0: <laughs> yeah my dirty little secret is that this applies not only to podcast ctas but any cta social media stories email just CTA the next step in the price, sell the next step in the funnel, mm. and you're going to have a lot more people go through the funnel.
1: Yeah, but even first, just mentioning it, because I remember when I had uh, I had a gym back in the 2000s, back in Orange County, and we did YouTube videos. like That was our big thing, is YouTube videos. And sometimes we'd have somebody who'd come in, they'd be like, oh my gosh, I finally clicked on your website and realized that your gym is down the street from me, and you guys just never mentioned it on your videos. <laughs> And now I'm like, holy crap. And then you get these new clients. So just talking about the thing you sell sometimes is, uh, is enough. So that's, Huge tip. Now on the technical side of the call to action. So for, you know, most podcasts, you could interrupt your own podcast, and be like, Hey guys, Oh, that actually reminds me. And then you lead into just kind of like a live commercial. Then you have uh, kind of like cutting commercials. Then you have the the bookend commercials. How do you usually recommend people insert the call to action? Should it be their voice delivering it or is it better to hire somebody? Uh, what are the the best practices? Yeah, I
0: generally definitely recommend that it's their voice, right? That it's, especially because it's oftentimes the host of the podcast is also the founder of the business, right? Mm-hmm. And red ads in podcasting far and beyond always perform the best. So no matter whether it's your business sponsoring your show, right? Or another business, hosted host red ads perform better. As far as where to put the uh, call to action, pretty much what I don't recommend is putting it at the beginning or at the end. Because the problem with the end is that the end is the part of the episode that has the fewest amount of people listening to it. If you ever look at your completion rates in Apple Podcasts or Spotify, a really, 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 really great completion rate is like 80 to 90%, meaning like listeners get through that much on average. And that's like phenomenal, which means that only 90% of the people who press play hear that CTA. What I have found is that the vast majority of entrepreneurs who don't really, haven't really thought about the strategy of keeping listeners attention. They just kind of, you know, Monkey See, Monkey Do, whatever another podcast that they listen to does, which that podcast tends to not have good completion rates. A lot of times we link up with a podcaster and their completion rate is like, you know, 40%, which is, first of all, a really bad sign. You want to fix that before fixing growth and monetization, because that just means that people are not listening. They're pressing play. You're getting downloads, but they're not actually listening. But when you, if you have a completion rate of even 60%, that means 40% of the people who tuned in, if your CTA is at the end, Never heard that. (laughs) They never heard you talk about the thing. So I don't recommend putting it at the end. Not a lot of podcasters do that, though. though. A lot of them put it right at the very beginning, like pre-roll, like press play, first thing. Now, while that you would think that that's a good idea because 100% of people will hear that, what I, I, I don't recommend doing that because if your show is growing, that means that every single episode that you publish is somebody's first episode. If a listener tunes into your show and however they discovered it, you know, maybe their guest shared, maybe they heard you on another podcast, whatever it might be, they press play. They're like, all right, who is this Mark guy? I'm a digital marketer, but, you know, I don't really know. Should I be listening to this? And if the first thing they do that happens when they press play is you're pitching them on buying your product, how do you think that's going to come across? Right. They're like, oh, I don't even, this guy just wants me to buy his thing. I'm going to go listen to Joe Rogan. Right. And then you lost him forever. So because they, Don't come back. (laughs) They're not going to give you a second (laughs) chance. So what I recommend as a podcaster doing is the first 90 seconds of every episode, you have one goal, and that is to sell the listener on listening to the rest of your episode. That's all you are there to do. It's just like, listen, you just made the best decision of your day because here's what you're going to get out of this episode. Here's why this guest is amazing. Here's why you should listen to what they have to say. And here's how this episode is going to benefit you. Now, it sounds like a lot of work. You can do that in literally 60 to 90 seconds. But if instead you pitch them, they're not going to listen to the rest. Right. So I would focus the first few, like one to two minutes of your podcast on selling the listener, convincing them to stay. And then literally anytime after that, you can CTA your thing. What I do on my show is I have my intro and I just like sell the crap out of the rest of the episode and like get you hooked where you're just like, this is going to be amazing. And then I drop my CTA in there and I'm just like, by the way, you know, if you, I'll say something like, you know, if you're an entrepreneur who's already launched a podcast and you already have an offer and you're looking to scale your podcast faster and you don't want to try to blah, 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 you know, and blah, 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 click the link in the show notes back to the show. So I get my CTA in there. They, the most people who tune into the episode are going to hear it because I did it so early but I did the CTA after I've already hooked them and convinced them to listen to the rest of the episode. That's the sweet spot that I have discovered. Just a couple minutes in, or alternatively, you can do the truly like in the middle where it interrupts the middle of the content. That works really well too. Um, But the fact of the matter, like in summary, (laughs) I wouldn't do it right at the very beginning or right at the very end. Oh, that's huge.
1: No, I, I love the tip. It's, you know, you sell people on the show first, get them excited. And then you could say, oh, and by the way, I'm doing all this stuff because I have to advertise. I'm not saying that, but but that's actually what's happening. Right. But People Pretty much. Na- now have some buy-in so they know like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense that you do it here because now I'm excited to listen. And, and if it's relevant, that makes it even better. So I love that. Now, exactly. in terms of the length, well, let's like we'll just stick on the, the call to action. Uh, length of the commercial, um, is there music in the background? And uh, for the actual call to action, like what to do, do you always say link in the notes or do you, you do you ever say like the domain, you know, the URL that people are going to go to?
0: Yeah, great question. So as far as length goes, uh, there is, so so one of my podcast growth coaches that works for me is uh, he's, he's like a 25 veteran, 25 year veteran in the radio world. And he shared with me that they, when he, when he worked for a radio station, they did a study to determine like when people get annoyed with ads. And what he shared with me was surprising was that people actually don't get as annoyed with the length of an ad. They get annoyed with the number of ads in a row. Hmm. So it is more annoying to somebody to hear four ads in a two minute time frame than it is for, you know, 30 second ads, than it is to hear one ad in four minutes right? So it's the number of ads. And and if you think about like when you're watching TV, when there's like the fifth or sixth commercial in a row, that's when you're like, wow, right? (laughs) So that's number one is like, as far as like your listener experience length doesn't matter as much. I generally recommend to keep them around one minute in time, because anything above that, you're just kind of rambling, you know, like you can pretty much get in what you need to get in in one minute. Um, But my little pro tip that I recommend is to make it like, make it one minute and like seven seconds. Mm. And the reason you do that is because when a lot of times when people hear an ad, what do they do? They hit skip, right? And all of the podcast listening apps, the skip is either 15 seconds, 30 seconds, or 60 seconds. So if they skip your ad and they jump to a minute in the ad and it's right at the CTA, that, like I said, little, tiny little optimization pro tip, but those actually perform a little bit better because even the people who press skip still hear the tail end of, of your CTA. Um, the other question that you asked was about like you know, show notes, like do I always add the link? So hmm. there's there's a lot of folks that, you know that will say choose a domain that's really easy to remember so that people can remember what it is, right? In my experience, nobody's ever typing in any URL based on something that they heard in a podcast. Like it's extremely, extremely rare. What they will do is they will click on a link in the show notes if you direct them to that. So what I always say is you want to make it as easy as you possibly can for the listener to take the next step in your process, to do the thing that you're asking them to do. Um, And remember, podcasting is a companion medium. So right now, the listener is listening to my voice while they are doing something. Like right now, as my as I'm talking, you, the listener, are doing something right now, right? So if I said go click on this link, you would have to put down the, you know, the the barbell or put, you know, take the gloves off your hands while you're cleaning. So you want to make it really, really easy to remember, easy to do. That's why I always recommend just click the link in the show notes. That's all you got to do. Go to the show notes, click the link. Because if you give them something to type in, like just go to abc.com/slash podcast. What are the odds that when they're done in the squat rack, when they're done cleaning, they're gonna remember what to type in, open up Safari, type it, like it's just not happening. So you wanna lower the amount of friction it takes to actually take the action,
1: which is why I just recommend just click the link in the show notes.
0: That's all you gotta do.
1: That's such a good explanation because it's, uh, yeah, it seems like, oh, well, if I make the URL simple enough, then people appreciate that and then they'll go to it and blah, blah. blah. But you're totally right. It's making a huge assumption about what people are doing at the moment of listening to a podcast, which rarely coincides with I'm going to pick that up right now. I'm going to remember it, one, <laughs> because even if you, it was so simple, abc.com slash one, two, three nobody's going to remember even something that simple. So it has to, I, I think yeah. Lincoln show notes. That's that's a great tip and we'll probably adopt it. So if you do hear a URL or <laughs> hear me say the URL, we're changing that. It's going to be Lincoln show notes from now nice. on. Uh, that's yes. fantastic. Uh, now, last question about that, and and we'll have to have you back on the show to actually talk about the podcast growth, which uh, is definitely needed as well. Uh, but in regards to uh, just the commercial, have you found that, I don't know, uh, the tone of voice or, uh, you know, specifically how you deliver the commercial compared to how you're delivering the podcast. Is it different or is it basically, you Mm. know, about the same like, hey, it's Mark. I'm always talking on the podcast. So here's a commercial in the same voice or should it be something different?
0: Yeah. I just generally like recommend the same. And it's for the same reason that I kind of alluded to earlier, which is like the, the reason why host read ads perform so well is because the, the host is so comfortable to the listener. Like people listen to their favorite podcasts because they love the hosts more so than anything else. And so, you know, the more you can make your CTA sound like you normally sound, <laughs> the more effective it's going to be, the more you're going to get that benefit. Some people do like to put like a special song underneath to indicate that, hey, this is gonna, this is an ad, this is going to be a CTA, which you can do. Like it's, it's totally optional. That's your own stylistic choice. Um, I, I don't find necessarily that there's any difference in conversion when you do that. Some people just like to, you know, oh, make so that sure that people know when they're doing mm. sponsored content versus not, which is cool. Totally get that, especially when you're doing like affiliate uh, sponsorships. Like, I want to make it clear I'm getting compensated for this. um But like, what I wouldn't want to do is is like really alter how I sound when I'm doing a CTA because that just kind of makes it sound inauthentic, right? It's like, oh, mm-hmm. what is this? Why is you know? And and also people like if you put on the salesy voice, people will be like, oh, he's just trying to sell me something. Whereas if you just talk like you normally talk and you're just like, hey, and and you'll you'll hear my CTA. If you ever listen to the Grow the Show podcast, which is my show, you'll hear my CTA sound exactly like I talk in the show. I do a lot of voiceovers on the show and I'll be like, hey, we'll be back to the show in a minute, but real quick, I just want to let you know this, blah, 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 CTA. And then, you know, click the link in the show notes. Okay, now back to the show. And that's it. It's simple. People get it. It's me. They know me and it's really effective. I
1: love that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's always good to hear, you know, things that are big question marks like, oh, well, should I do this or that? And th- there's so many different ways you could go, especially when it comes to CTAs and just uh commercializing your podcast in general. It's good to hear that it's it's much easier than uh, you know, y- you might think it is, right?
0: I'll I'll reiterate, it's more about just the volume of just mentioning your thing. Like there is no like we are always so much farther away from the line of too much than we think we are. <laughs> and what i found is that the vast majority of entrepreneurs and podcasters they're they're afraid of talking about their products and services too much. And oh, I, I did that. I, I I talked about my coaching program two months ago, and like I don't know if I should. Yeah. I'm like, listen, every single episode, it's okay. Like people are if people are getting value from your show, like they get it. They're not going to hate you for talking about your business. In fact, they're probably going to love it. Like think about it. We as american americans consumers we don't hate ads we hate irrelevant ads we hate mm-hmm. ads that are just totally not even close to what we want in life those are the ones that are annoying when we hear an ad that's relevant that actually is something that we might want we love that we love to buy stuff that's what we do right we love finding about finding out about new stuff to buy that would get us what we want so like if you're if your prospects are listening to your show there's a good chance that they're probably gonna be really interested in hearing about your products and services because they're already there. They like you, they know you, they trust you. So like I said, as much as we can talk about the optimizations of the CTA, where to put it, how to talk about it, music underneath, the name of the game is just making them. Make the CTA every episode and you will make more money.
1: (laughs) Oh, That's fantastic. Well, on the flip side too, if you don't make a CTA and you don't make an effort to commercialize what you're doing, you're going to stop. And your listeners will be way more unhappy with that than if you just threw an ad in there to make it worth your time. They like you. 100%. Do it. <laughs> they want well, the show are... to keep existing. Exactly. And they know you got to make money. They just, You know, it's not charity. Even if it is a charity, they still want your donation. So uh, no matter what, you need to add that call to action. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Kevin. I think this has been fantastic. Uh great specific tips on on kind of how to start monetizing your podcast. Uh next time, definitely gonna have you back on to talk about actually how to grow your show versus uh, you know, just doing the show. Uh in the meantime, yeah. though, where can where can people learn more about you?
0: Yeah. So the number one thing to do is to check out my podcast. It's called Grow the Show. Whatever you're using right now to listen to this podcast, it's there just search grow the show, Kevin, and it'll come up. Uh, if you want to hear my algorithm for how to grow a podcast audience before I'm, I have a chance to come back on the show here, you can hear it there. Uh, and then the other thing that people can do if they, if they want the crash course on how we grow and monetize podcasts, just growtheshow.com slash masterclass. And I'll send you the link to put in the show notes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> link will be in the show notes. <laughs> We're yes. starting that today. I think we do that too, but I always get, well, I d- develop websites, so I'm always like, ah, the right URL will get you yeah. uh, more traffic, but uh, this has been great. Uh, thank you so much for the the tips and really simplifying it, make it less scary than people uh, think it would be. Awesome. That's the goal. Thanks, Mark. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for listening. Be sure to hit that follow button so you get notified when all of our new episodes release. Please share this with that friend who's clueless about digital marketing. And don't forget to visit digitalmarketer.com where you can access all of our courses, certifications, and training programs. Thanks again, everyone. And we'll see you next time. This is Digital Marketer.